Thank you for listening, and we hope this message will strengthen and help you in your walk with God. So let's open our Bibles up to Matthew 26, and we're going to start at verse 33. Now, I just want you all to know that you all are amazing people that you all have gifts and callings on the inside of you, and God has a great plan for each and every one of you. And as I said last week, you know, God believes in you. He believes in each and every one of you, and he wants his very best in everyone's life. And he wants to bring us up out of whatever we may be in Whatever we may be going through, he wants to bring us up. And he told us this year, it's a year to soar, but we have to take hold of that and we have to believe it. That means we got to believe we're going to come up and we're going to go up higher. Amen? That we're not going to stay in the same condition we've been in. That we're going to come up higher. Amen? Amen? So in Matthew, let me see where I want to. Verse 33, no, 31, excuse me. Then saith Jesus unto them, All ye shall be offended because of me this night. For it is written, I will smite the shepherd, and the sheep of the flock shall be scattered abroad. But after I am risen again, I will go before you into Galilee. Verse 33, Peter answered and said unto him, Though all men shall be offended because of thee, yet... Will I never be offended? I imagine many of us have said, I'm not going to be offended, and yet we can be offended. And that's where Peter is. He's saying, not me. I'm not going to be offended. And Jesus said, Verily I say unto you, that this night before the cock crow, thou shalt deny me thrice. Peter said unto him, Though I should die with thee, yet will I not deny thee. Likewise also said all the disciples. So all of them were following Jesus. Now let's take this up in Luke chapter 22. We're going to talk, big thing we're going to talk about tonight is faith. Because it's going to take faith to do the impossible. It's going to take our faith to believe that God is a God of impossibilities. And it's going to take that faith so us to go to the other side, to soar, to do what God's called us to do. Amen. It's going to take faith. And so Jesus says some interesting things here, and I want us to look at it. So after Peter was so bold to say, hey, it's not me. I will not be offended. I'm going to die for you. This is the deal. I'm with you forever. And then the Lord says, Simon, Simon. Behold, Satan has desired to have you, that he may sift you as wheat. And I thought this very interesting because Jesus said that Satan has desired you, that Satan wants to sift you. Satan wants to get a hold of something here. Satan wants you. And he says he is there to sift you as wheat. He's in that place. Because he has a desire for you to shift you. Well, that word shift, sift right there means to 
have an inward agitation to try one's faith to the verge of overthrowing it. So when he's saying this, he's saying the enemy wants to come in and cause agitation in your heart so that you lose your faith or your faith will draw back or you won't have that faith that you need to have to win the victory. And so he's saying agitation is going to come, Peter. Uh, Be aware of what I'm saying to you. And then he said, but I have prayed for you that thy faith fail not. So what is the enemy after? He's after our faith. Any way that he can get us to stop believing, to step back, then he's going to try it. He's going to try to agitate you. Where do you get agitated at? In your soul. Your soul gets agitated. Your mind, your will, your emotions, you can get yourself into a tither. But Jesus says, I prayed for you. And he says, I don't want your faith to fail. I don't want your faith really to cease or to stop. That's what happens. It reduces your faith to inactivity. And we all know that the just live by faith. So if our faith is reduced to inactivity, what happens? We're not standing, we're not believing God, and we're not giving God an opportunity to be able to move because we're not using our faith. Our faith has failed. And so what causes faith to fail? What comes in to get a hold of? And and he's telling us that Satan comes to agitate you. Get agitated over what? Circumstances. Situations. What happened to Peter? Now, let's look, Matthew 26. We're going to come back to this. So, Matthew 20, go back to Matthew 26. And we're going to look at verses, starting with verse 69. Now, Peter sat without in the palace, and a damsel came unto him, saying, Thou also was with Jesus of Galilee. But he denied before them all, saying, I know not what thou sayest. So here Peter is watching, looking, standing back, watching what they're doing with Jesus, and he's in a crowd of agitation. He's in a crowd of people, and everybody's talking about what's going on with Jesus, right? I mean, there's circumstances that are going on all around Peter as he's watching Jesus. And this damsel comes to him and says, hey, you've been with Jesus. And Peter immediately says, no, not me. It wasn't me. What's working on the inside of Peter? An offense. It's working on. It's causing an agitation. What's it doing to his faith? His faith that he thought was so strong, his faith that when he was standing right with Jesus, Jesus is right there and he says, hey, I'm not going anywhere. I'm with you forever. I'll die for you. Sounded real good, kind of like us sometimes in prayer. (laughs) We're in prayer, presence of God. We got the word of God and we're strong. But then we walk away and circumstances come. The circumstances come to steal your faith, to weaken 
your faith, your God-given faith. That faith comes from who? We have the faith of God, right? So that God-given faith that's on the inside of us, the enemy is after. Recognize it's the enemy that's after your faith to weaken it, to cause it to be dull, insensitive, not working. And so Peter, he does exactly what the Lord said. And then, verse 71, and he, when he was gone out into the fort, so he left that place. He backed off. He got away from it. Another made psalm and said unto them that were there, this fellow was also with Jesus of Nazareth. So he's still in a crowd. He's still around people. There's still agitation going along, and it's getting in him. And again, he denies him with an oath. I do not know that man stronger than before. The second time he says it, I do not know that man. What's the enemy doing? Coming after his faith. That faith that he had an hour before. And after a while came unto him, they that stood by and said to Peter, Surely thou art come one of them, for thy speech bewayeth thee. Now look, look how agitation just grew. Then began he to curse and to swear. All of a sudden, Peter's old man rose up. <laughs> Peter's old man got defensive. He was offended. He was agitated. He was bent out of shape, and he started cussing. He started calling people's names. He started doing things that was not a part of him, that when he was walking with Jesus, he wasn't doing. He was threatening people. Jesus said, Peter, I'm letting you know that you're going to be sifted as wheat, that the enemy is coming after your faith. Peter did not know that an hour later or however long later it was, that he was going to be in a situation that that faith was going to be tested. He thought, he thought he had it under control. He thought, there is no way that I'm going to lose my faith. There is no way. Just because Jesus said it, I mean, I think. Here, Jesus is the one that told him, this is what's going to happen. Because he knew more than Jesus. Jesus knew what situation he was going into. Jesus knew what was happening. And Peter couldn't see it. Peter just said, I'm going to do my thing. And you're not telling me what to do. So he gets himself in a mess. And he says, then it says, Verse 74, then began he to curse and to swear, saying, I know not that man. And immediately the cock crowed. And Peter remembered the word of Jesus, which was said unto him, before the cock crowed, thou shalt deny me thrice. And he went out and he wept bitterly. So he went out. What, what's happening to Peter? Peter's in a place that he hasn't protected, guard, or kept his soul. He got himself in a mess because he didn't pay attention 
to what Jesus was saying, and he didn't really take hold of what he was saying. You know, sometimes the Lord may drop something in our heart or the Lord may say something, and we don't understand it. And so instead of taking hold of it, we kind of set it to the side and disregard it. Now, we wouldn't think we were disregarding it, but sometimes we'll disregard what he's saying because, well, that wouldn't happen to me. I, I wouldn't get myself in that place. So now let's turn over now to Proverbs 4, and I want to point out a couple of things about our faith and what we have to do to maintain what Jesus is saying here. And I'm going to read out of uh, the Passion Translation and out of the King James because I have a couple of points I want to make. And we know this. I'm telling you all have heard me preach this many times. We know this. We know this. But it's so easy sometimes for our faith to be inactive because of circumstances and situations because of things that come into our lives, we'll get distracted. We'll get focused on circumstances, and they become bigger to us than, what faith, than the faith that's really in our heart. So, Proverbs 4. My son, attend to my words. So, that means pay attention to what I'm saying. If Peter had paid attention to what Jesus was saying instead of being so quick to say, I know what I'm doing. So quick to respond to Jesus instead of absorbing what Jesus was saying, taking hold, instead of just, you know, rebuking, he really rebuked Jesus. Instead of doing that, if he had just taken the time and thought, okay, he's trying to tell me something here. I need to pay attention. I need to listen to the words that he's saying because I'm about to walk into something that I don't understand or something is going to come my way and I need to be paying attention to what he's saying. And I'm sure none of y'all have ever done that. <laughs> right? So he's saying, this is so simple but if we will take hold of this, it can change our lives. Attend to my words, incline thy ear unto my saying. And, you know, I looked at that, and one of the words for incline is stretch out or spread out. And I thought, open yourself up. Instead of so narrow-minded, being in a place of narrow-minded. Peter, Peter was in a place that he was so narrow-minded, he couldn't see beyond where he was. But what, what Proverbs is saying is open up to hear what the Spirit of God is saying. Open yourselves up to hear what the Word is saying. Allow yourself to get into that place that you're not going to be so strong-minded that, bless the Lord, you're going to do what you want to do. You're going to walk in what you think instead of being open, saying, okay, God, are you trying to get something to me? Are you trying to get me to understand something that I am not seeing here? Jesus never minces words. 
And he never says something just to say it. He always had a purpose, and he still has a purpose with what he's saying, and it's to get us in that place that we are open up to the word. So um, the Passion Bible says, Listen carefully, my dear children, to everything that I teach you, and pay attention to all I have to say. If Peter had paid attention... If he had listened, when he got in that situation, his response might have been different. He might not have yielded to the fear. If he hadn't been so strong-headed that he was going to do what he thought. You know, he was bold with Jesus. We know that. And we also know God turned that around for his glory later on. But right here... Peter is having to pay the price for not paying attention. He went away and wept. He went away where he wasn't, he wasn't really listening to what anybody's saying. He got into a sorrowful place. And we're going to look at John 21 where, you know, Jesus took the time to minister and restore Peter because he had really gone downhill in his emotions. We can save ourselves a lot of trouble if we'll just take the time. And when God tells us something, whether it's through a man or woman of God, the Holy Spirit, however it may come, and we listen, if we don't understand it, don't jump out. Don't just say, I'm going to do what I want to do. Go back and meditate on it. Think about it. It's going to save a lot of trouble in our lives. Then verse 21 says, Let them not depart from thy eyes. Keep them in the midst of thy heart. What, what if Peter had stayed in that place and just really opened himself up and just said, I'm not going to let that depart. What, what if he carried that with him? And, and Peter got into a situation he could, he could have been in that place and just known what to do instead of reacting the way he acted. And anger and bitterness and cursing came out of his mouth because then you have to go back and then you have to repent. And then you have to get yourself through the emotional state. I'm sure none of you have been through an emotional state where your emotions go haywire. You're trying to repent, and then you're hit, hitting yourself over the head. You're feeling sorry for yourself. And you go through all sorts of craziness when if you just taken the time in the first place to say, okay, he's telling me something. I need to grab this. It's going to save me some pain and anxiety. Amen? And the passion says, fill your thoughts with my words until they penetrate deep into your spirit. And I think that's all Peter had to do is fill his thoughts, recognizing this is the Lord. He has got my protection in mind. He has got me in his heart. He's looking out for me. He wants to take care of me. And so I need to listen. I need to hearken. I need to let that penetrate. 
Okay, he said, he said, we're all going to be offended. What does that mean? You know, the other disciples obviously got offended too. But you don't see, and we don't have record of any of them denying. They may have gotten offended, and they may have ran. <laughs> but you don't see anything of Jesus like he did with Peter in John 21 when he went to Peter three times, just telling Peter, feed my lambs, asking Peter, do you love me? He's dealing with Peter's heart. He didn't do that with any of the other disciples because they didn't speak out of their mouth. They didn't get to that point that they were yelling, screaming, and cursing. Now, Peter did. And then in 22, for they are, what are, the, the word of God is life unto those that find them and health to all their flesh. And it says, then as you unwrap my words, they will impart true life and radiant health into the very core of your being. You know, when the enemy is after you with agitation, when he's trying to come after your faith, and it, the word says the just shall live by faith, that means we have to guard and protect our faith. I looked at this word, looked this in Proverbs, and I'm thinking what he's really saying, the proverb the writer is saying to us today, is guard and protect your faith. Your faith is everything. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. Without it, if we don't have it, we're not pleasing God. We're not in that place. And so for us as believers, we've got to protect our faith. We've got to set a guard around what we're believing for. You know, there are things that all of us are, are believing for this year and, and maybe some things that didn't happen last year we're believing to come on into this year. We've got to guard that. We've got to protect that. And the enemy is going to try to agitate. The enemy is going to try to come in and steal that from you so that you stop believing. He wants your faith. Are you going to give it to him? you got to make a decision. He can't have my faith. I'm not giving my faith. Just because I didn't see it like I wanted to see it, just because I didn't, it hadn't manifested the way I think it should manifest, he can't have my faith. I'm not going to get agitated. I'm not going to let. The, when Jesus said your faith can fail, that means your faith can fail. So he said it with purpose and with reason and for us to catch it and understand we got to guard and protect. When he's talking about our heart, He's talking about your faith. We don't always associate our heart and faith, but they work together. And if we want our faith in full force to see all that God has for us, then we better guard it. We better protect it. We better build that wall around our faith until we see everything that God has promised us. Amen? And you know what I'm talking about. You can get agitated in your soul and not even realize it. Start dwelling on things that are totally opposite of what you're believing for. 
get into that place where the enemy comes in and starts toying with your soul. What is he doing? He's agitating you. Why is he agitating? He's after your faith. He's after what you're believing for. He's in that place that he's trying to get you to stop your faith. Stop releasing your faith into what God has promised you. And the things that God has for you. Amen? Amen. In verse 23, so, so above all, guard the affections of your faith, for they affect all that you are. Well, that's pretty big. That means what you're thinking, what you're believing, affects who you are. Think about it. Think how many times you've been distracted off of your faith. How many times the enemy has tried to steal what's going on. Faith, when it's released out of your mouth, that's why you have to keep that guard on your mouth. You have to keep that guard to protect and keep you. Because once you start, you know, let's see, verse 23 says, Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. What's coming out of your mouth? And when you're, you, Peter is a big one. Peter demonstrated what was in his heart. It came out of his mouth. And what did it do to him? It was in there to destroy him. That's what happened. So when you're, in that place, you guard your faith and you watch what is coming out of your mouth. We know this, but I'm telling you, what you do in, when nobody's around, what you do at home, what you say, issues are coming out. Are they issues that are going to bring life? One, one or another is coming out of your mouth, life or death, period. It's not an in-between stage. It's one or the other. And you got to protect. you got to guard your faith. It's your faith. It's God's faith. But he put it in you, and he put that faith on the, on the inside of you to get you to the place of victory. That's why he did it. He never put it on the inside of you to fail because God never looks at one person as a failure. He always believes the very best in every one of us. He looks at you and he says, you're champions. He's not moved by what you think he's moved by. He is in a constant place of faith. God never loses his faith. He's in a constant, I don't care what mess ups, I don't care what... Look Look at how he looked at Peter. If you want to see what he does with a mess up, how he looked at Peter. When Peter, when Jesus built the fire and cooked the fish and did all of that and they came off the boat and Peter jumped into the water and went towards Jesus, Jesus never condemned him. 
never put them down, never looked at them and said, excuse me, Patricia, I'm just using you because you're right there. You jerk, why did you do that? <laughs> she is not a jerk, just so everybody knows. <laughs> I cover those words over her. But I, my point is, he never did that. He never put Peter down. He built him up immediately. When he was in that place, and Jesus knew it was the right time. Just look at John 21 real quick. John 21 is in the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. In case you want to know where it is. John 21, verse 15. And so when they had dined, Jesus saith to Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me more than these? He said unto him, Yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. And he said unto him, Feed my lambs. He's basically building Peter up. Putting him back in the place. Saying to him, your assignment's not over with. I'm not done with you. I'm not disappointed with you. I want you back on the right track. I'm putting you. He's putting words on the inside of Peter that is building life giving him hope, causing him to go forward. He had to get Peter out of the place of condemnation and guilt that Peter put himself into. See that? Are y'all there? <laughs> Hallelujah. So he had to do it. Three times. And I know in there there's different words and different things that mean different things. But I'm, I'm making a point tonight, and I don't want to go off through that. But he said it three times. The second time he told him to feed my sheep. Now look at verse 17. And he saith unto him the third time. How many times did Peter deny Jesus? Three times. He said, Simon... Son of Jonas, lovest thou me? Peter was grieved because he said unto him the third time, something happened. When Jesus said to him, do you love me the third time? His heart was grieved. There was repentance in his heart. And Jesus got to him to let him know, it's okay, Peter. It's okay, Peter. It's okay, Peter. Peter got grieved because of what, he's, what he'd done, and he couldn't get over it. And Jesus was bringing him out of the grief, bringing him out of that without any condemnation, without any guilt. He gave him hope. He gave him life. He spoke unto him. And he loved him and encouraged him and said, my call is still on your life. My anointing is still there. I believe in you, Peter. 
I believe in you. I want you to know that I'm so for you. I am so for you. It's God saying. We got to get out of the life of condemnation and guilt and understand the love of God for his people. How much he believes in you no matter what. I should encourage every one of us because sometimes we're just like Peter. We put ourselves down and condemn ourselves or we get in an agitated state and can God forgive? I'm telling you, God holds nothing against us. Zilch, zero, not mad, not upset, even when you miss it, even when you deliberately make a mistake or you get pride in you and you just rise up and say, <laughs> I know what I'm doing. I'm not going to leave you, Jesus. And he just says, I don't look at any of that. Basically, God doesn't have time for all that. <laughs> he knows we're people. He knows our frailties. He knows about us. And he loves us regardless. Amen. If we could understand the love of God and we could grab hold of it, we'll start soaring. Amen. We'll start seeing some things. And we quit holding ourselves back because I'm telling you, God is not holding us back. God is not keeping us in a place. He's trying to get us somewhere, just like he did with Peter. Thank you for listening today. We believe God's word is what will sustain us in any situation in our lives. For more information, please visit us at familywc.org or you can download the app. Look for us as FWC Como. Until the next time, remember, you are God's best.